1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: This is Baldi's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaCanfora,
1: and Odyssey Sports Original. Welcome to a very special pre-draft edition of Baldi's Breakdowns here on Odyssey we appreciate you guys listening in. Brian and I are incredibly fired up to take you through the first round of the draft. I am Jason Lockenfora, at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. Baldy is at Baldy NFL on Twitter. And, and Baldi, we're recording this mere uh, hours before the first round kicks off. Uh, there's been so much... Uh, pablum frankly so much bs so much clutter and then also a lot of really good informed um breakdowns evaluations and and calculations of of this upcoming draft class that is clearly unlike any other because of the lack of a combine because of the lack of some of the standard medical testing we've been used to because of the um inability to get your your hands on these kids on a practice field in your building on a whiteboard like you normally would um Away we go, uh, and I suspect there will be plenty of twists and turns along the way.
0: There will be, and where I want to start with this, because, you know, I mean, everybody's got a podcast, you know, us us included Jason, and (laughs) and everybody's got a mock draft, Um, not just a mock draft, but I mean, you know, three and four mock drafts, I mean, so it changes every day, so I always like to start free agency and the draft with the team that won the Super Bowl, because everybody's going to chase tampa right now now obviously tom brady was tom brady and he's the ultimate general but if you go back to their draft not just last year where they took tristan Wirfs with the 12th pick yeah they took antoine winfield jr in the second round and in prior years they drafted vita vea you know and they they went and drafted you know carlton davis and jamel dean and jordan Whitehead. and like really the foundation to that team was really built through the draft yes and nobody really knew it at the time, but they just needed a general to come in there and put it together. And I remember the general manager in Tampa, Jason Light, you know, starting when he drafted Jameis Winston, like nobody was more under the gun oh, than yeah. Jason Lee for years. Yeah. And now he's like this celebrated,
1: you know, hero. Baldy, they took and the so, kicker in the second or third round. And yes, and, and yes. I had to cut him like yes. before what so, early in the season.
0: They're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and Bruce Arians, like, I mean, nobody hated kickers more than he did, and they couldn't find one. I, but, like, my, my point is they built the foundation of that team, Mike Evans and Chris Goblin. Mm-hmm. They built the foundation through this process that we start tomorrow night in. And I think, you know, if you look at – if you went back even a, a couple of years earlier than that, the New Orleans Saints finished the year 7-9, and nine, three straight years in a row, and then 2017, they hit a draft where they got, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramcheck and they got Alvin Kamara, and their whole team got turned around. And so you look at the Washington football team last year, Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, Cam Curl. I mean, yeah, you, you hit on a couple of key pieces of guys that really contribute. You can turn your fortunes around. And that's where I kind of really want to start this whole process. Today with Jason, I just wanted to get that out there.
1: Totally, totally. No, the, the and again, I, I think this draft because of all the unique variables and the lack of of the sort of um, hallmarks, the lack of 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 bankable information that you would have in a normal year. Just through the combine alone, in and of itself. Maybe separates the men from the boys uh, even more so as to who gets the real information and who doesn't. And and when you just mm. go back to the tape, who sees it for what it is and 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 who um, swings and yep. misses. Uh, well, we talked quite a bit a couple of weeks ago about the 49ers and their um, self-made sort of quandary that they put themselves in giving up all that draft capital to go to three um, and and then to frankly have some some mixed messaging about what their intent was at the time of the trade, where they already locked in on a player before some of the other players had even worked out. It was a little odd. Um, Since we last talked, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke to the media again and, That was one of the more defensive press conferences I've ever seen. Kyle Shanahan, we might all be dead by Sunday. It could be Armageddon by the first round. What's the difference which quarterback we take? I don't know about you, Baldy, but I listened to that whole thing, and I sat back, and even the way they talked about Garoppolo and the way Lynch said, look, this is Shanahan's pick. Maybe I read it wrong, but I read it as, you know what? It is Mac Jones, and we don't care what the rest of the world says, and we believe in it, and yeah, he is the most – maybe plug-and-play of anybody not named Lawrence. And so we might have to trade Garoppolo after all because if it's not Lance, if it's not Fields, if it's not someone who you absolutely have to redshirt, and we gave all that up to go and get him because we think he's the best thing to help us win sooner rather than later, then do we really need a $25 million backup? So I'm kind of in my head connecting all those dots saying this is their way of saying to their fan base, it's Mac Jones, get used to it. And yeah, we might have to ship another quarterback out. What did you take from it?
0: I I'm not very far away from you know that interpretation there, Jason. I I I said at, when they made the trade that they knew exactly who they were going to get. Uh, otherwise, you don't give up three number ones and a third and all the stuff they did. Which most of these teams that you know that trade up over, you know, whether it was RG three or you know Carson Wentz, most of these teams give up way too much. Sure. Um, and, and I thought they did. But I thought the only way that you would do it, the only way Jed York and his father would sign off on it, is if you you sat there and told him, this is who I'm going to get, right. this is why we're going to get him, and this is who's going to lead our franchise, and this is who's going to be the next Joe Montana and Steve Young. I mean, that's, that's what I thought. Now, I thought, you know, initially, I thought it was all about Justin Fields mm-hmm. because I thought he was the most talented sure. player next to you know, Trevor Lawrence in this draft, and I still believe that. I think he's better than Zach Wilson. I think he's better than Mac Jones. I think he's the second most talented quarterback in this draft. And if you want to compare him to Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's very far away. He wasn't in high school. He wasn't throughout his college career. I really don't, you know, I really don't have any issue with ju- with Justin Fields at all. And I don't understand anybody that is dropping him for whatever reason. Agreed. Um, and, and so that being said, At the time, I thought, okay, I'm hearing Mac Jones. And I just said to myself, like, why would you give up all this for Mac Jones? Who else else sees Mac Jones like this savior, like the way the 49ers evidently do? And I still believe that's the pick. You can put Trey Lance in there. I don't see that at all. Um, You can tell me about his upside. You can tell me about his talent. That's fine. He was god-awful against Central Arkansas this year. Uh, He's a running quarterback. Um, you're not going to do that in the NFL like he did in that conference. So, I mean, I just had – I have problems with that. So, if it's Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones. But that fan base, like I, I'm I'm sort of on the pulse. I know you are too. They're going to explode. Yep. Like it is going to be like yep. Donovan McNabb getting drafted in Philadelphia. Yep. I mean, it's going to be that type of backlash. And I think Kyle knows it. And I think that's kind of why he said some yep. of the things he said the other day.
1: Yeah, I think that was a get used to it. We know better than you, um, and trying to get a little bit ahead of this thing, but, uh, and, and, and now, if that is the case and they do move Garoppolo, the, instead of moving him from a position of strength, you know, maybe coming off at an 11 win season right. next year. Everybody knows that you're trying to pedal the contract and hey, five are gonna go in the first round. So I, I don't know, you know, I don't that can't be good for Garoppolo's trade value. If it is Mac Jones at three, Baldy, at four as we speak right now, I think Atlanta would really like to trade down. I think their football people would like to trade down because they know they're not particularly close. But the last time they picked this high, the owner made the pick, not Thomas Dimitrov. And the owner made the right pick. He picked Matt Ryan. The football people wanted uh, Dorsey at the time. Um, Yep. I can't imagine he isn't heavily involved in this now, especially with a rookie GM and a rookie head coach. And he extended, he kicked more of Matt Ryan's money into future years, guaranteed money into future years. So I think it's Kyle Pitts unless someone knocks their socks off at four. And I don't think they're going to get their socks knocked off.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Jason. Uh, You know, some of the reports came out that Julio Jones is up for sale. Um, you know that he that his contract could be taken, he could be traded. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know what you know about that, but if that is true, like are they already kind of saying, "All right, look, um, we, we might as well just tear this thing down and let's just start fresh." I mean, Justin Fields, the local kid right from Atlanta. Um, let's you know, let's we've got a new coach, a new general manager. Why not a new quarterback and start fresh? I mean, to me that. That, that wouldn't be, you know, that, that's not a revelation. A lot of teams have done things like that. Um, but I believe Matt Ryan has a lot left. And if you give him this tight end and, you know, you put Arthur Smith in there with maybe some, you know, s- some really good two tight end set with Hayden Hurst and some of the things that mm-hmm. I think he did in Tennessee that could really protect Matt Ryan a little bit better. And you've got Calvin Ridley and Julio and Gage and, all of a sudden, you throw this tight end in the mix, and you go draft the running back. Like that offense might really come alive. And you know, I think I know Arthur Blank pretty well. I've known him a long time. I did the preseason games for five years. I was in his office a bunch. I, you know, they got to put some fans in the seats. You yep. know, yep. In that, you know, in that beautiful stadium of his, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they've had a hard time doing that. Yes, they have. And offense is one way. If you could just flat out outscore teams. Um, that's one way to kind of do it right now.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on all that. The Julio thing, I I think they doth protest too much. They'd love to hit a home run for Julio Jones, especially if they add a tight end here and maybe they draft a wide receiver and Ridley keeps developing and they're going to have to pay him in a year or so. So I I, I don't know that that happens though, Baldy, because ultimately the owner's got to sign off on that too. And if if it's a salary dump, which I think it would... Look, if, if DeAndre Hopkins went for it too, now, I know that's Bill O'Brien, and he's didn't know what he was doing, but it still happened. And, yeah. and it's not like there were – and everybody knew he was available. It's not like they just called Arizona. Baltimore knew he was available. Green Bay knew he was available. And that's what that fetched. Julio Jones at this stage of his career with another really good wide receiver draft upon us, set yeah. to make another $15 million. If If Atlanta's even thinking about moving off of him, I don't think the returns are more than a two is Arthur blank going to trade a player that in his mind's eye, he's seen through the totality of his career as a difference maker. Yep. You know what I mean? For a flyer in the 2022 draft for the 60s, whatever the 59th pick or the 49th pick. I, I just don't think it happens at the end of the day, unless someone blows them away. I'm not sure anybody's going to blow them away. Um, but to your point about selling tickets, it's hard to sell tickets off your backup quarterback, you know? And I think Justin Fields makes a lot of sense for them. But I don't think that's where Arthur Blank is, which would bring us to the Bengals. And this is an interesting one, um, Baldy. Uh, you, you 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 sort of listen to what's out there in the zeitgeist, and you listen to the chatter, and it's Chase, 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 Jamar Chase, and he played with the quarterback and all that. And I get that. But then I talked to some of the old-school GMs in the league, and they're like, look, Mike Brown watched this kid go off in a stretcher midway yeah. through his first season. He eventually is gonna have to pay that kid $40 million a year if he pans out. He's is he really going to, you know, he's found the Ochocincos and the Hushmanzadas, and you know, even Boyd they found. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like they found receivers, T. Higgins, without having to put that kind of draft capital into it. And I know this kid's special. But if the quarterback's hurt, what's the frickin' difference? If I had to do a mock right now, I would probably put Sewell there. Where are you on this? Well, if I thought
0: Penney Sewell was going to be Anthony Munoz, I wouldn't even blink. I'd make the pick, but I don't believe he's anywhere near that. Right. I'm just trying to find a game where he looks dominant to me. Uh, I can't find a game. I've watched 2018 and 2019 games, and I just don't see that player. I, I see flaws. I see potential. Um, what about but, Slater? You know, Jonah Williams and Billy Price, they've been drafting number one picks. I mean, you can say that they've struck out. I, I You know, I mean, Jonah Williams was a first-round pick. He's their left tackle. I mean, that's what Sewell is. I mean, I know you can move Jonah Williams or uh, put him at a different position, kick him inside, put him at right tackle. I mean, I guess you could do all those things. I, you well, you got, know, if you went you and guys you hear? got Chase, if, if you got Jamar Chase right now and you put Chase – at your X position, just your dog, Tyler Boyd, your slot, T. Higgins, your number two. I mean, you're set for five years at the receiver position. Um, I think this is a deep draft with offensive tackles, Jason. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a particularly great draft. Like, if I thought any of these tackles were Tristan Wirfs or Dredrick Wills, I would do it, or, or Mikai Becton. I, w- I would make the move, and I would take the fifth pick, and I'd go get my tack. But I don't know that anybody is that good. That we saw a year ago. I just don't see him in that class right now.
1: Yeah, this will be one of the the inflection points in in uh, in the draft. Either way, I don't I don't think we um, see a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of trade potential with that pick. I don't think Mike Brown's interested in trading that pick whatsoever. Um, that brings us to the Dolphins, who I think if if Chase is there. I think they leap at that possibility. I know a lot of people now that they've cut Eric Flowers are talking O-line, O-line, O-line. Boy, I don't think that's where they are um, that high in the draft. Uh, and there there's guys out there like Alejandro Villanueva, who I know they're monitoring as well, who might be able to plug a gap for a year. Uh, I, I tend to think if this isn't Chase, then it's Waddle.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, he's the uh, – he's. I mean, he's as close to Tyree kill. I think as we've seen come out of the draft, I mean, he's probably not as strong as Tyreek, but when you watch just his return tape, Jason, we haven't seen a guy like this come out of college, punt return, kickoff return. And that's just not to say, you know, at receiver, I mean at five foot 10 and, you know, 180 pounds, like this guy just explodes and just has another gear. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have a guy that you can just score that quickly, the way Kansas City has done it for years with Tyreek Hill. It's nice to have a guy like that that you can put the ball in his hands and he can just finish finish it, you know, with a home run from anywhere on the field. I mean, he's just got that type of speed and burst. And so, you know, if Jamar Chase is there, I don't think that's a question. right? You know, um, that Chase would be the guy. But I, I, I think Jalen Waddle makes a lot of sense. They drafted three offensive linemen in the first round last year. You know, um, yep. I like Solomon Kinley. We got to see if Robert Hunt, you know, can really hold up the right tackle. Austin Jackson was in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, you know, I, I think there's some question marks whether he can really be a lockdown left tackle. But you spent three high picks on those guys a year ago. Uh, you kind of got to let them develop a little bit, because if they do, then I think you're you're in pretty good shape. They they went out and got you know the the backup center from Baltimore. Uh, to come and play center.
1: Yeah, uh, Skura. Yeah,
0: yeah, Skura. So, I mean, I think they can line up right now the way they are. Uh, I think they got to get just more TNT in that lineup right
1: now. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm with you there. I think that's exactly what they're looking for, dynamic, explosive, twitchy athletes. Um, I think it's one of those two receivers. This cluster from 7 to 10, though, is – pretty interesting for me baldy um i i i I think the lions well here's what I, i won't say i think i know the lions are very open to trading down i know the panthers are very open to trading down um depending on what's on the board the broncos could be more interested than perhaps they are um just looking at them uh in a vacuum and then 10 is another spot where a lot of people believe a trade could happen depending on what's on the board corner wise and tackle wise, if it goes the way you're thinking. And if, if the lions are evaluating the, the these tackles, the way you are, you could make the case that, okay, if they don't want to take fields, if that's, if, if they're going to ride this golf thing out for a few years and, and or or fields or Lance or, or whomever, I keep coming back to scenarios, Baldy, where they could go to fifteen, New England comes up and they still get Darisol or maybe even Slater at fifteen. Or the kid mm-hmm. from USC. You know what I mean? I think you still cause some corners are gonna go and somebody's gonna take another receiver. And I think they might do that math. And and maybe New England's saying we don't need to go to seven. We can only we, we can go to ten and still get our guy. But this is where I think you you really could see um a trade on the clock. And I think it could happen at eight and it could happen at nine and it could happen at 10.
0: Well, I mean, it'd be fun for, you know, the audience that will be tuning in, which I think is going to be a massive audience tomorrow night, Jason.
1: I, I, I do
0: think that, you know, it's, it's always fun, but it also tells you, because I, I, I'm in agreement with you that a lot of these teams are looking to get out because they're just not that many great players at positions where you want to pick a great player. If you're picking at seven, and there's just you know, I mean, there's a big group of wide receivers here. I mean, it's hard to kind of differentiate. There it always is. I mean, Devontae Adams was the 56th player taken in 2014. Right. He was the eighth receiver, and he might be the best receiver in football right now. So you can make you can find receivers. T. Higgins was a nice pick in the second round a year ago. You can get these guys later on. Uh it's a deep drafted tackles. I still see great tackles. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't see you know, Walter Jones or right. Anthony Munoz or, you know, I mean, just pick pick a guy, you know, that has been, you know, even a Jason Peters. I don't see that type of player. So I think these teams are looking at the same thing. They're going, well, if we get more value and we can, you know, spread it, just take more chips to try to hit on more players right now. These teams, even if they have multiple picks like Miami, um, you know, I, I think they're they're looking to acquire more right now.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. If Detroit stays, I think an offensive playmaker is is yeah. probably the way they Devontae
0: go. Jalen Waddle over there makes a lot of sense. I mean, they just lost Kenny Galladay, and you know, uh, you know, they, they lost the receiving yeah. core. Yeah, Marvin so, Jones. Well, yeah, well, I mean Devonte Smith. Any of those
1: guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If if they stay, that's where I, that's where I think they're going. That's where a lot of the GMs I talk to think they're going. If seven is a quarterback trade, though, and let's say it's New England and Bill Belichick and everybody thinks really highly of Bill Bill Belichick, and if you don't think David Tepper is intimately involved in everything the Carolina Panthers are doing, (laughs) you are absolutely fooling yourself. Baldy, I I don't know that the value, especially if somebody else has already moved up for a quarterback, I don't know that Minnesota or Chicago or Washington or New Orleans or anybody else is going to be moving heaven and earth to get to eight. And give and you know, falling all over themselves to give um, Tepper a bonanza of picks. Their analytics people have told him we, we need more picks, but if he doesn't yeah. like what's out there, I think he stays there and says, This Sam Darnold thing is an interesting gamble, but I, 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 it has not sated my thirst, my, my, my desire, my, my, my need for a potential franchise savior. And I think whether it's Lance or Fields. He may just stay there and, and take whichever of those, um, you know, highly athletic quarterbacks is available.
0: Well, you know, it, it, let's just say it, it, it's Justin Fields because I, I, I really like Justin Fields Me too. and I think Joe Brady would enjoy coaching him. Um, and who knows? They might even have a relationship as, as talented as Justin Fields was coming out of high school. Who knows who he crossed paths with? Uh, along the way. I know Kyle Shanahan was with him at the, you know, quarterback collective coming out of high school. A lot of people have been around him. I mean, Cam Newton was around him, you know, in uh, you know, seven on seven type competition. So a lot of people have touched bases with just field. But if you do that, how long are you going to give Sam Darnold? I mean if Sam Darnold comes out and turns the ball over or, you know, has, you know, like a little nick injury or whatever, like are you just moving on from him right away? I mean, you have a contract that says you could do it. So then you go, I mean, to me, it's just like Sam Darnold becomes a placeholder, you know, unless he just explodes the way, say, Ryan Tannehill did, you know, in Tennessee, which can happen. I mean, we we have seen it happen. Uh, But I, you know, I, I mean, I think Carolina has got so many things that they could do if they believe Sam Darnold, but you're right. I mean, David Tepper has as much to say about this decision as anybody. And I just think if Justin Fields is there.
1: Like you'd be kind of crazy not to take a gamble on. him. Yeah, I just look at they paid Teddy Bridgewater twenty million dollars and will probably eat another five to seven million of this year's salary to move him to Denver, which is where I think he's ultimately going. So they'll look at that and say we're getting some draft capital there. If Sam Darnold doesn't work out, could 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 you get could you pick up the? you are probably gonna they're gonna pick up the fifth year option anyway. Let's say he plays well, but not enough to stave off Fields. Could we flip him for something, you know, for next year's draft? I just look at... They always knew that Bridgewater was a bit of probably a stopgap. And he jumped out early in the market and said, here's your 20. We want you. I don't think he cares about money. And I I don't think at this point, like, Scott Fitterer is going to be able to move him, you know what I mean, any way he wants. I think Scott Fitterer is a rookie GM working very much at the behest of this highly motivated owner and... I just could see them taking a quarterback at the end of the day and him saying, all right, you've got 30 seconds to convince me that Patrick Sertain is absolutely positively going to do more for our franchise than Justin Fields could. Go. Mm. That's a tough argument to make.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, if if, if you think Rashawn Slater is going to be a great player, I mean, it would be a good spot if he's around to take him right there and just keep, you know, I mean, Matt Rule wants to be a two-back team. He wants to run the ball uh once you control the line of scrimmage. Um, if you think he's going to be a great player, the way say Zach Martin went from you know left tackle Notre Dame to Pro Bowl right guard. Um you know if you if you believe that he Brandon Sheriff went you know the same type move from Iowa to to Washington where he's you know an all-pro guard, if you believe Rashawn Slater can be that type of player, then that makes a lot of sense right there, regardless of who your quarterback is. I I kind of believe and I've been saying this that just keep building your team up with great players. Build your trenches really strong and deep the way Matt Rule seems to be doing. And then when the time is right to put the quarterback in there, he's going to have a chance to succeed. And
1: like that makes a lot of sense to me right there. Well, let me ask you then. You, you, you're, you're, you're as, you have as keen as, of an eye as anybody about this O-line class. Let's say the board breaks this way, and there's four quarterbacks gone, and a couple of receivers, and you've got Justin Fields versus the entire O line class at eight for that team. What would you do?
0: Uh, I would take Justin Fields. I thought so. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I, I mean, I, just but, you know, I, I I would pound the table for Justin Fields all day long, and um, uh, you know, I, I just think he's just that type of player, and I just don't think they come along every year. And I, I can't predict what's going to happen next year. I mean, all these guys are, you know, sort of, you know, the one thing I've, I've always said, Jason, I, I mean, I, I, it's not my line. It's from Bill Parcells. But he said, you know, the, the, the NFL can only take what the college game gives you. And, you know, when it comes time to quarterbacks, we're just not going to see guys like Phillip Rivers who played 50 no. college games no. or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees that yep. played three or four years of college football. You, you know, even Trevor Lawrence playing three years this year. We, we might not see those guys anymore. You know, they're going to be gone after two. And so uh, you just got to get used to knowing that, you know, in Justin Fields' case, all right, look, a 25-game sample is what you're going to get. that that's, that's almost the best that you're going to get. And when you look at his athletic ability and the arm and everything else that he has, I don't I, – how much more of a prospect do you want? I mean, these guys all have to develop. None of these guys are finished prospects. Sure. So, like, you – like, how much more do you want to work with, you know, when you look at Justin Fields? I mean, you put him athletically against anybody. He's as good as anybody. And then when you look at what he could become, I, I don't know what else you have to look at.
1: Well, this is pretty fascinating now because we got we're doing this little and we didn't script any of this. We're, we're doing this off the cuff. But now we're at Denver at nine. The potential for, and I don't think this is a, these first eight picks are crazy by any stretch of the match. Like if you told me it broke this way, I wouldn't, you know, fall over. So Denver at nine, I think all things being equal, they have done a lot, a lot of preparation um, on Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Denver, um, mm-hmm. and I know they've done a lot of work on. Even though they've, they 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 come out and say we we don't think we need a corner, well that that that's just. <laughs> that, that just makes me think all the more that they could very well take a corner. Uh and, and and in this scenario, we've got all the corners and all the offensive linemen and all the linebackers on the board. What would you like for the Denver Broncos to do here? Well, I'm I'm a pretty big fan
0: of Alexander Johnson, the middle linebacker for Denver. I mean, he came out of Tennessee and he was undrafted, but you know, he's he's as big as Micah Parsons, he's not as fast, but he's everybody's big. Is any linebacker in this draft? David Collins, you name him. He's a hulking big guy. Uh, corners, like they're you know they, they're at the free agent level on their team. Whether it's Ronald Darby right now or Kyle Fuller, I mean they filled the gaps with guys that mm-hmm. have bounced around this league pretty good. Um, Vic Fangio is always going to make his bones on defense. Yes. Um, you know, going back to his days at Stanford and San Francisco and every place that he's been, um, you know, he wants to lead the league in turnovers every year. That's his, that's kind of what he is all about. And so, you know, defensive player, if they don't decide that a quarterback is the most pressing need, which, which it is, (laughs) you know, yes, everybody sees the inconsistency of Drew Locke and says, you know, how much longer we're going to spend on this. Um, Then corner makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I mean, you can kind of toss up a corn between J.C. Horn and Patrick mm-hmm. Sertan right mm-hmm. here about who you want, who's going to be a better fit, a better pro. I like both of them a lot, uh, you know. But are, are they going to be Jalen Ramsey? I don't think. I don't think so. Right. But if you believe that they could come in and be and play at a Pro Bowl level from the rookie year on, the way Jalen Ramsey did, then a corner makes a lot of sense right there.
1: Yeah, and in this scenario, the you know we've got all five quarterbacks off the board anyway. So, um, and and, and I think again, I think they're trading for Teddy Bridgewater. It could happen before we finish recording yeah. this thing. It could happen before Thursday. It could happen late Thursday night. It could happen Friday because it's not going to involve day one <laughs> picks anyway. But I do think that's coming, and I think David Tepper is going to eat millions plural to make that happen. Um, in this scenario, Jerry Jones has got all corners but one, and the entire offensive line class sitting for him at 10, and he's going to have, uh, you know, maybe it's some teams uh, burning up the phone lines a little bit to trade down. I I would suspect that in this scenario we're about to see a major run on offensive linemen because it's one thing not to want to take one of these guys at five, but now, you know, I, I I just keep going back to when this team was at its best, the yeah. best the Cowboys have That's been cool. the last 20 years was yeah. when – they bullied you up front, and everyone, right. everybody on their offensive line was was, and s- some weeks better than whatever five or six you threw at them across the line of scrimmage. They have to know that. They have to know yeah. how long in the tooth, how beaten up. We're talking about neck injuries. We're talking about you know retirement. Yeah, back injuries, spine injuries. Like, I God, I gotta think you're paying Dak Prescott forty million bucks. He went off in a stretcher last year. Yeah, corners great and all, but. You know, who, who who I would think offensive line. And here is one other thing I would throw out there, Baldy. If New England hasn't traded up for a quarterback at this point, and there is still one out there, couldn't New England send uh, Gilmore, who doesn't have a future there, and a couple of picks, and Jerry goes back five spots? And in this scenario, he's still he's still getting Darrelle or somebody like that at fifteen.
0: Well, I mean, if you want to play, you know, put your general manager hat on. I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I think Stefan Gilmore can still play. I think he'd love to go to Dallas, um, uh, so I, I think something like that could 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 happen. Um, but look, they haven't won the division in two years. Zeke Elliott ran for 4.0 yards per carry last year. He was flat out pedestrian. Um, you know, you, you're paying him as much as any running back in the league, uh, and so this decline over the last two years is directly related to Zach Martin being taken off the field and. Tyron Smith being taken off the field, and Travis Frederick retiring, and Connor Williams is an average player at left guard. Lyle Collins didn't play last year, and they were all backups, and they were awful. They played four cornerbacks. Um, if you had a choice, if you could plug in, you know, Rayshaun Slater right now or, or Sewell and just, you know, find a place for him for the first year, just put your best five out there, to me it makes a lot of sense. But yeah. they have lost Byron Jones. They have lost – you know Cheeto Wutier you know in back to back years now at the corner position and so uh you you can't help but think that they've got to restock there and it's just hard to find elite corners if you don't spend first round picks on them you can find them you know i mean there there Xavier Howard was a second round pick at a Baylor but they're just hard to find if you don't spend you know high first round picks on these guys and if you had your choice of you know Horn or Sertan, you couldn't really go wrong but If you ask me with, you know, what you described with, you know, Dak going off on a stretcher and just a shattered, you know, leg that he had, the whole thing, you know, offensive line would make a whole lot of sense right here. I mean, you'd think he'd make everybody better, and those receivers would all probably eat a little bit better if Dak had a little bit more time.
1: And I think then we'd be looking at a run on offensive linemen. I don't know that Gettleman would take one at 11 because you've got – You'd have every pass rusher still out there, right? I think Quiddy Pay would be someone they're talking a lot about. I think if Jay, you know, if there's a corner in this case, we'd still have um, probably one out there, maybe J.C. Horn. I think they'd be talking a lot about that. And I know a lot of people have linked them to wide receivers, and I understand it. They've done a lot of work on wide receivers. But, man, they, they, they I'm old enough to remember them guaranteeing $36 million to Galladay at a time when nobody else had that kind of money on the table – and their receiving core wasn't awful. They just need better play from the quarterback. Um, I don't know, Baldy. That I mean, if if, 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 if one of the Alabama receivers are there, I'm not saying they're not worth it at 11. But gentleman has really been all about the big uglies his entire career.
0: Well, so you lose Kevin Zeitler, okay, at right guard, who was your best lineman. Uh, I think the center is fine, and Nick Gates, I mean, it's it's nice to be able to find a college-free agent that looks like he could play the position. They basically benched, you know, Will Hernandez last year for Shane Lemieux. Everybody knows that Andrew Thomas struggled as much as any left tackle in football for most of the season. Matt Parrott was a third-round pick last year, but do you really believe that he is just going to be that lockdown right tackle that you need? Um, You know, and this is a put-up-or-shut-up year, for the quarterback. And so, you know, and then you, you get, you know, you you get, uh, you know, Saquon coming back this year, presumably at full speed. Like, I don't, you know, to me, I would, if they, if you can, if you could trade down and get yourself an offensive lineman and, and get a little bit more, mm-hmm. I, I would try to do that. Now we, everybody has like pointed out that Gettleman has never traded down, but it's not like he said, you know, that he hasn't tried to. But I don't know who wants who wants to get to 11 for whoever. I mean, one of the quarterbacks drop possibly, but you know, I mean, I think you're you're looking at being able to stay right there and take the best player. And you know, if you think the edge rusher, and I think they need an edge rusher real bad. Yeah. You know, if if you think Quiddy Pay is the best guy, uh, and it fits what you know Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, is doing, then. I think that's a good spot to go get, you know, you know, an Ed, the first Ed
1: rusher in this draft. Yeah, I think that's where this class starts coming into focus. I know at twelve, a lot of people are linking the Eagles to whichever receivers there, and and I get that, um, but their O line needs help, uh, and you know, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, these guys aren't getting any younger. I I, I think Quiddy Pay is an under the radar potential pick at twelve as well.
0: I agree. I mean, if he's there, I mean the Eagles are gonna get themselves either quiddy pay if he's available, they're gonna get probably one of the two corners if they're available, or they're gonna get one of the three receivers. And I think they're fine yep. taking any one of those three. You know, whether it's you know, Smith from Alabama, whether it's JC Horner, or Sertan, or whether it's Quiddy Pay, I think they're fine. They they want to come away with this draft with three starters. And one of those you know one of the players that they take at 12 has to start and be an impactful player for this football team and you know and then they they you know they got two third round picks they got to find a starter with one of those picks i mean they they got to come away with three starters in this draft to make up for all the misses that they've had in
1: the last three drafts um i'm completely with you and and then as we get into the teens um and obviously things start getting harder to project the deeper you get in but i do think the, the Chargers and Vikings are, are very likely to take offensive linemen. Um, I think the Chargers in this scenario would take Slater or Darisaw, Whichever tackle was still there, I, I wouldn't think they both are. Um, Minnesota, I hear, loves the USC linemen. I, I think be, they would be really happy. They, they'd do that and call it a day. If Dallas does move down to 15, and I, I don't think New England's staying at 15 one way or the other, um, I think they could... Pull an offensive lineman, and then the second half of the teens, Baldy. I know the Raiders need; they need help on defense everywhere. They can't play the ball in the air. They don't have anybody who has great ball skills at any level of that Let me defense. Ask you this, Jason.
0: Off the top of your head, with the Raiders picking, you know, with the 17th pick, when was the last time the Raiders drafted just a great Pro Bowl defensive player? I mean, I, I'm not sitting here and going through all the drafts. And doing all the research right now, but I mean, you normally you could pick a team and you could say, okay, this is the last right. great defensive player. Like, do you know off the top of your head the last time the Raiders drafted a great defensive player?
1: Man, I mean, I, I keep—I'm having visions of Gary on Conley and Carl Joseph, and <laughs> yeah. you know, our, uh, Max Crosby or Claylen Farrell, or I, I mean, mean,
0: Farrell. I mean, you just mentioned Garyon Conley, Cleveland Farrell. You know, uh, Joseph. I mean, they're all first-round picks. Yeah, they're not anywhere near that team. You know, I mean, Farrell, I mean, was just has just been as pedestrian as you yeah. can get. I mean,
1: I, I, I don't know how much longer they they keep giving him. Um, they you know, already said bye to Hurst and, and Arden Key, right? Those they already yeah. said bye to them. I mean, that was supposed More they were Hurst supposed was to be core guys out for them.
0: You know, they, they drafted a second-round pick from like San Angelo State, a defense lineman that they moved on after two years. Uh, you know, three years ago. I mean, they they haven't been able to sh- to just strike gold at all like they've got to find a player so we haven't mentioned Micah Parsons yet yeah they can't seem to find linebackers at all uh the raiders great teams are always built around great linebackers going back to Ted Hendricks and you could just go through the li- you know the list of great linebackers the raiders had in their heyday um but you could pick a position on defense line you know linebacker defensive end you know, corner. I mean, they need help at every one of those spots.
1: Yeah. And, and 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 I think you're gonna have a run on on defensive players starting here. I also hear the TCU safety. Um, Trevon Morig is very much under consideration for the Raiders. Um, Washington coming up in a couple picks likes him a lot. I think you're looking at In this run, Arizona, if J.C. Horn's still there, that's probably the pick. If he's not, I keep hearing Zavin Collins, you know, who you can rush him, you can put him out in space, do whatever you want with him. Um, Washington loves the the hybrid uh, linebacker safety out of Notre Dame. I I think you're going to see a bunch of those kids coming off the board here you know, between 16 and, and 20. I, I just think sometimes these things ebb and flow, and I think you're going to go from a run-on offensive linemen in the first half of the teens to a run-on these 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 linebackers and, and slash safeties. And then also at the corner position, how comfortable are you with the medicals of, of Caleb Farley? And, and at some point in the teens or 20s, the risk yeah. is, you know, the juice is probably worth the squeeze.
0: So – Let's let's just um, stay with Washington right there, Jason, since you're right in the neighborhood there and they're the 19th pick. And, um, you know, they struck gold with Chase and Camp Curl last year, Antonio Gibson, whatnot. Um, I think, you know, the addition of William Jackson is going to be with the pass rush that they have. But like, he's going to flourish mm-hmm. in that. Defense. He, 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 guys with that kind of length and ability, they're just not around very often. I think he's going to really flourish in this defense. They're building a beast on that side of the ball. Uh, if they add themselves a linebacker or a corner here, it's just going to strengthen who they are in what they are building right now. But that being said, like, do you think that this could be the draft where they, they make a move to go get themselves a quarterback in the future and let them sit behind Fitz magic. And um, you know, if, I don't know if Trey Lance, Was hanging around there, you know, after number eight, like, would they
1: make a move? I don't think they'd make a move higher than 10. And I also think it could get a little weird making a move with Dallas, just given some of the dynamics there. Um, Obviously, within the division, et cetera. Uh, I, I know that there are people in that building who think that Justin Fields is worthy of the first overall pick. Like, I I know that for a fact, and these aren't Mm – it's not a janitor. You know what I mean? These are people of influence. And there's some in that building who think Trey Lance will prove to be the second-best quarterback in this draft. Um, I think if they make a move, it's for – I think that there's more people in the Lance uh, camp than the Fields camp. So if they make a move, I think it would be if – Lance is the last one standing and we get he gets maybe to Denver you know what i mean if he gets past carolina then i think a trade up is a possibility i don't think though um baldy that they, they would like I don't think they'd be gung-ho about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it would be – it's not like the Julio Jones scenario where draft chart be damn, we're just going to keep throwing picks at you. You know what I mean? Until you say yes. I I think it would be much more calculated than that. And frankly, I don't know that they would be as motivated as Belichick. And they also don't have a card like Gilmore if there's a team. You know, like I'll look at it like like a Denver or a Dallas who – think they're probably closer to being good than not you know what i mean like would gilmore make sense for carolina not really where they are in their rebuild you know what i mean like i don't think they want to pay a corner that kind of money who's on the other side of 30 but like could even though vic fangio spent a lot of money or could he be like well all right wait a minute you know i think jerry would have to think about it so i don't i don't think washington would 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 have maybe the draft capital to, to win a bidding war if it comes to a bidding war but if Belichick's already moved up for his guy, and let's say his guy was Fields, and this kid gets past Carolina, and they could do something within reason. I don't think it's it's not out of the question. And look, it wouldn't be out of the question for Chicago or Minnesota either. Don't don't rule out Minnesota throwing a curveball here because they have very quietly done as much work on these quarterbacks as anybody.
0: Well, I always think you know when, when we are just talking about teams that do a lot of work on the quarterbacks, like. I know New Orleans is, you know, is way back in the pack, but you know, four years ago they were ready to pull the trigger for Patrick Mahomes um, when Drew Brees still had many years left, uh, and so you know, Kansas City knew that and you, they usurped them. But I think New Orleans is a team I'm anxious to see. We haven't gotten to Chicago yet at number 20, Jason, but I don't know how you can talk to your Chicago Bear fan base, which is as rabid as anybody, wasting all these good years on defense. With stopgap quarterbacks, you know when you make the mistake with Trubisky that they did four years ago, the mistake never goes away. No, so you you know you got Andy Dalton, you got Nick Foles there, and we know what they are at this point in their careers. Like you, 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 I feel like Chicago has got to make a move. They just can't sit there and keep doing this. Like it's just not fair to the bear, the bear fan base, and it's you you like how much are you really just putting blinders on yourself about? you know, what that position is to you and why it's holding you back. I think Chicago has got to think about being
1: aggressive if it makes sense. I think the question will be, can you get the buy-in from ownership to do this again? You know what I mean? You you, you have so mismanaged this position. It's one thing if, you know, New England's picked at 15 and there's still a quarterback sitting there. You know what I mean? And you're going up four spots. But if these kids are all going in the top 10, can yeah. can 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 Ryan Pace? You know what I mean. Look that Ted Phillips and the family in the eye, and 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 put together a compelling enough case to to mortgage another this draft and another draft to go get the fifth quarterback taken, who they think could be way better than that. I don't yeah. know if they have that kind of cachet right now. You know, I, 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 I,
0: still, I they still have to build their offensive line. Um, I think there's still holes there. You know, I mean, they're gonna there's gonna be a good offensive lineman available at twenty. You know, if if that's just you know the the direction that they go, Um, you know, if Garrett's always there, it'd be hard to like turn him down at that point. Um, Because you know, whenever they are in a position, a better position to get a quarterback next year or whatever, like there'll be a better team around them. I I kind of hope Washington just keeps building because I I believe. You know, it, it's kind of amazing, I, I believe what Ron Rivera has done there in a year. like to think what kind of a mess the Washington football franchise was before Ron Rivera got there and what it looks like now. It's just amazing what he's doing. and I you know and I know how Ron wants to build a football team with with toughness in the trenches. like he's doing that. The trade they made yesterday for flowers um, makes a lot of sense. The oh, decision yeah. oh, to jettison, um, you know, Adrian Peterson last year, and to go with Antonio Gibson was the right pick. Yep. Uh, you know, like he's making good, smart decisions, and I think Fitzpatrick Patrick is a perfect fit for that team. He'll learn Scott Turner's offense quickly. He'll give him some stability at the position. Like just build a beast, and when it when the time is right, put the quarterback in there. You, you,
1: you'll you'll be a good football team to do it with. No, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, I think, again, if they do something quarterback-wise, it's more because it falls to them than, right. than they force it. Um, New Orleans, I, I don't put anything past Sean Payton. It's just that 28 in this draft, you know what I mean, yeah. where it's not loaded it's with blue. It's, it's hard to get somebody. I, I feel like they would have to get to – the, 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 you know, they'd have to make a trade first to get into, like what Howie did a few years ago, where it took two trades to get Wentz. He's going to have to make a trade to get into the teens. You know what I mean? And then if things start falling and there's one at 10, could he and Jerry Jones make a football trade in 30 seconds? Absolutely. They could, you know, if he's already gotten himself to 15 or, you know what I mean? 16 or something like that. So, well,
0: I'm interested. You know, I mean, look, Sean Payton, you know, he, he was the one that really, you know, developed Tony Romo and, um, you know, as a free agent, I'm just curious, you know, what Sean looks at when he looks at a guy like Davis Mills or, you know, I don't know, Kelamond or, you know, whether, you know, it's, you know, Kyle Trask or if he thinks one of these guys can be a pro quarterback. Because, you know, I mean, you always pay attention to what Sean's doing at quarterback and could one of these guys that go in the, the second or third round um or beyond, could they be a guy that could be groomed to becoming a frontline starter? Uh, you know, I'm just looking down yep. the draft with the Saints this year, with guys that are in this draft. Shane Bouchelle, you know, that played a lot of football at Texas and SMU. I mean, could he take a guy like that and groom him uh, into a frontline starter? I, I mean, I I'm just always yep. paying attention to what they do at that position.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, obviously he took the flyer on Taysom Hill. I, I think if he doesn't do something bold in the first round and the odds are probably against it, then at some point in day on, on day two, he, he, he does a little something. Um, and, and then to, to put a bookend on the first round, when we have seen trades between 25 and 32, they have by and large been for teams moving up for a quarterback to get that fifth year option on them, to get a little more control on them. Um, I, I, don't get the sense as we talk right now Baldy that that trade exists. I mean, there's people in Baltimore telling me they're getting a lot of calls for 31. I mean, maybe they're getting uh you know, some exploratory calls. I'm not Well, sold. they're not gonna, nothing's going to happen until I, they're on the call. Yeah, I'm I'm not sold that that there's going to be a non-quarterback at 28, 29, 30, 31 who someone's like I absolutely have to have. Um and I'm also not sold well, that, that, that this, there's Jason. a quarterback. You
0: know, what about like you know, Baltimore has lost uh Zadarius Smith and Matt Judon back-to-back years, Yep. Um, what if a guy, let's just say Quiddy Pay, is around, oh, yeah. uh, he's 15. Could you see the Ravens packaging 27 and 31 and going to get themselves with, you know, if they, you know, if, if, they, if, you know, if Eric Dacoste and his yeah. group, you know, feel like that, like there's this guy that we believe can be the next, you know, Pro Bowl edge rusher for us. Yeah. Would we be interested in going to get somebody like that?
1: Um, I think it's more likely that if Quitty Pay gets past Pittsburgh, do they try to move up a couple of spots to get him? Yeah, I, I they feel like thirty one will be an entree back into the second round, and yeah. maybe a couple a second round and another fourth or something okay. like that. So I think they view thirty one until they're convinced otherwise as a road to more picks, not fewer. And yeah. I get the sense they're comfortable with Phillips Medical. They're comfortable with Jalari's um, uh, medical. So th- the the more I get the sense in that building, they're rooting for a run on corners and a run on quarterbacks and a um, yeah. a run Just on routine. even receivers because I don't think they're taking Bateman or Marshall Jr. in the first round. Um, I, I think they're, they're hoping to have an edge fall to them, kind of like a linebacker did yeah. last year. And if that happens um, and it's one of the three or four that they're really comfortable with, then 31 for me is uh, if there's value trading down, they're trading down in a second. And if there's not, I think then that's when you're looking at Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey or somebody like that.
0: Well, I'll, I'll, I will wrap this up here pretty quickly here, uh, Jason. Uh, Landon Dickerson is my single favorite player in this draft. Um, I, obviously the medical is a huge issue, but a lot of this stuff is a crapshoot. There's a gamble. Uh, if, if he can stay healthy. We all know like that's uh tenuous at best. Yeah. But he he changes your culture. He changes your offensive line. You're going to get the biggest, strongest, nastiest lineman in this draft. Nobody's close to what he can do. Um the Ravens, you know, have been plugging in free agent centers for a long long time. Um this guy I think makes, you know, whether it's Green Bay, Baltimore, at the end of the first round somebody that's looking to just upgrade that position. Um this guy could do that. Um, instantly, the way he did at Florida State and at Alabama. Um, I can't wait to see where he goes, because I do think he's going to go in the first round.
1: Me too. Me too. Um,
0: And sometimes we we – Jason is, like, we have three running backs that everybody loves to talk about in this draft, Najee Harris and uh, EDN, you know, Travis EDN and Javante Williams. Um, I, I think that there's a possibility you could go through this draft and not have one of those players taken on Thursday night. I
1: think that's a possibility. I also could see a scenario if there is, if, 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 if Zayvon Collins and some of those linebackers are off the board and if Miami takes Najee Harris at 18, which, which is certainly a possibility, Baldy, I think you could also have a scenario where three go, where Harris goes at 18, where, uh, Javante Williams from UNC goes at twenty four. I hear Mike Tomlin's a really big fan. Not as much of a fan as Najee Harris, but a really big fan. And then I could also see Buffalo at thirty taking Travis Etienne. If I was doing a mock draft right now, I I, and I won't do mine until about twenty four hours from now. I I I would maybe even lean that way. As crazy as it sounds, just the more people I talk to, um, because of you know because. There isn't that second wave of pass rushers like there normally is. You know, there isn't. Right. It, it, it isn't a question of is it going to be eight offensive linemen taken. It's well, is it going to be five or six? Um, right. You know, it's the medicals on some of these corners. I I could see a scenario where it's like, hey man, I'm gonna go get a football player. And and yeah. you know, maybe he gets a second contract, maybe he doesn't. But I know he's plug and play. I know he can help us win now. And I think Buffalo is in win now mode. I think Pittsburgh, even though I would say Ben's done, you might say Ben's done, they think they've got Mike Tomlin's never finished below five hundred. He know he ain't thinking about doing it this year. And I Miami, I, I we thought they made odd picks last year. Like some people would say you don't need a running back at 18, but I, I just think the way they're wired right now, if they yeah. get Jamar Chase and they get Najee Harris, we're gonna find out if Tua can play or not, because there's no excuses.
0: Yeah. No, I mean look, I, I I don't disagree with any of that. Um I'm a big Najee Harris fan. I mean, there's nothing he can't do. But I also love Javante Williams. And I you know, I was on board saying like he, you know, a year from now, um, he might be the best running back in this draft. I mean, his contact balance is, it's its Nick Chubb. You know, it's Nick Chubb, it's Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's that—he's just that strong, and he's got that kind of balance. And um, you know, if your offense line is even average, he's going to make him look a lot better. I mean, he's just a rare, unique player um, to see him break as many tackles as he does consistently. And so, and he's a great kid. And he doesn't have a whole lot, he's only been a two-year player. He's, he doesn't have a whole lot tread off his tire. So Um, I could see like somebody spends a first round pick on Javante Williams. It won't surprise me. They're getting a good football player.
1: Well, it is, it's going to be as it always is um, filled with drama and suspense and intrigue and twist and turns. That is part of the beauty of the NFL draft. And by the time we reconvene, which I think we'll do next week, you know, to review the draft, yeah. um, we will have all three rounds will have played out. Hopefully the world won't end on Sunday. Um, I know where Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's taking the under on that one. I'm going to take the over. Um, and we will have plenty to discuss, um, as always, yeah. thank you guys for listening, checking us out uh, here on Odyssey. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, please rate, review us, give us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Goodness, um, we hope you enjoy the draft. And, Baldy, I know you certainly will.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the whole process. I'm working for a lot of different groups. And really, you know, it it, it is fun if you put as much work as we do into this Yeah, just to see um, – how your eye is and how it compares to some other teams. And, uh, you know, we're certainly going to pick it all apart. I'm not a big guy to give out grades the next right. day or the day after. Like, I'm, but I understand the exercise. Fans want to know. Um, so we'll be here to kind of do that process next week. And there certainly is always a theme to every draft mm-hmm. and there's always surprises. And we'll be here to talk about it next week, Jason. Sounds good. Enjoy the draft,
1: everybody. We will talk to you next week.